What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode number five of the Entertaining with Influence podcast. I'm your host, Adam. And for today's episode, I actually switched the topic last minute because I was doing a little bit of work this week and I ran across what you call an Enneagram personality test. So, of course, I had to take it. I find it interesting to learn more and more about myself so that I can continue to create like a better version of myself. This personality test was awesome because it was able to explain why I do things the way I do. And I believe whenever you are able to kind of understand more about yourself, you're able to find like a new level of motivation or a new level of success that ultimately can skyrocket your career. All right. So the moment you've been waiting for, let's get this episode started. those of you who don't know what the Enneagram personality test is, it is a system that aims to reveal how emotions drive our lives and how we engage with others in efforts to get what we want or get what we need. The Enneagram defines nine personality types with its own sets of strengths, weaknesses, and opportunities for personal growth. So the nine personality types that that are there are the reformer, the helper, the achiever, the individualist, the investigator, the loyalist, the enthusiast, the challenger, and lastly, the peacemaker. And those are in order from numbers one to nine. And you'll kind of get a feel for what the numbers kind of mean. So you just got to keep a mental note of which nine those are. The Enneagram type reveals what motivates you on a very deep level and kind of lights up the path you must take to achieve a higher level of self-actualization. This is mind-blowing stuff, especially whenever I sat down and just took this test. It was it was actually mind-blowing just to read about it. So I felt like this episode was in perfect timing with our previous episode about how your journey into the process got started or how to handle yourself during the process or even how to, you know, kind of take a beginning step into the light at the end of the tunnel. So I believe with this episode, it is going to help you kind of understand on how to overcome the darkness and, you know, take that first step, take that third step into the light. Should you choose to take this personality test? And I will actually link the website that I took this personality test. So that way you can go and take the test as well. So what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be using my test results in order to break down this personality test, because there was so much information. I didn't know like what I should actually talk about. So I'm just going to use my results. That way you can kind of get a feel for what my personality is. And maybe you get a better understanding of who I am as a content creator. So each of the nine types of the Enneagram has its own driving force, which is centered around a particular emotion. Some types of people experience strong emotions, while other types of people aim to avoid those emotions in one form or another. However, Whether that is running from emotions or diving into them, each type of personality describes some aspect of the emotional experience. So the nine types of the Enneagram are commonly divided into three groups. These three types are divided into body types, head types, and heart types. Each of these groups is considered to be driven by a particular center of intelligence or a particular core emotion. So within each type, I will tell you what the core emotion is for body type, the core emotion for a head type, and the core emotion for a heart type. So starting with body types, body types are driven by instinct and they are in tune with their five senses 
as a primary as their primary means of gathering information. So body types often feel their emotions and reactions in their stomach. And so that's kind of what creates that I have a gut feeling that I shouldn't do this, right? I have the gut feeling like, yeah, this is going to work. So for body types, their core emotion is anger. And it is broken down into three numbers, numbers eight, number nine, and number one. For the body type piece, I was categorized as a number eight. So eights see themselves as strong and powerful and seek to stand up for what they believe in. They rarely see themselves as having vulnerabilities and have the belief that they can pretty much handle anything that comes their way. Eights have easy access to their anger, but as a result, they some they are sometimes seen as like intimidating to others. So, I mean, really that piece kind of explains why I have RBF, you know, it's not just cause I'm like, I'm not rude or anything. It's just like, that's just, you know, I'm so focused or I'm so, in, you know, indulged with what I'm doing that, you know, maybe I do have RBF sometimes. So sorry guys. And so, like I said, that makes sense. So for those who are categorized as a nine are defined by the desire to live in peaceful harmony with their environment. So those who are actually categorized as a number one are defined by their belief that everything must be in order and that they feel that they always have to be right about whatever situation they're in. Secondly, we have head types. So head types are driven by intellect and tend to analyze and rationalize their emotions. Head types make choices and evaluations based on their logical analysis and interpretation of things. They are prone to overthinking things. So their core emotion that head types experience is fear. So the three numbers within head types are numbers five, number six, and number seven. And just remember the number types relate to the nine type or the nine personality types. So if you don't, if you don't remember, those are in the description down below, the different nine types. That way you can kind of keep up with you know what numbers are head types what numbers are body types what numbers are heart types so with the head types i was categorized as a number five fives are driven by belief that their resources are scarce that they don't have enough of what they need so unlike other types who go out into the world to get what they need fives aim to need like as little as possible basically you know try to be a minimalist with what they have to achieve this they would kind of withdraw from the world, retreating into their minds and, you know, conserve their time, conserve their energy, and they kind of conserve every resource that is available to them so they're not just blowing through it. This was actually very interesting to me because this could be a driving force to why I think the way I do. However, to be an innovator, you have to be able to think differently than everyone else. And that's why I tend to find myself kind of keeping a lot of my ideas to myself or kind of sharing those ideas with, you know, the four people closest to me. Because I feel that people just don't understand the ultimate goal for that idea. And I think a lot, a big part of me not sharing my ideas is just really the skepticism that I have. Because on the disc test personality, I have a really high skeptical rating. So those who are categorized as a number six are preoccupied with security, seek safety, and they like to be prepared for problems. And really those who are categorized as a seven are defined by their desire to experience everything good and pleasurable that the world has to offer them while avoiding the pain, the boredom, and the limitations. So really sevens are actually like 
struggling with COVID-19, especially with a boredom part, having to sit in your house. I'm, I'm sure that's, I mean, it's not, I mean, I enjoy sitting at home alone doing all my work because, you know, this is where my office is at. But I think for sevens, I, I don't think it's possible for them to be able to just work at home and do what they need to do. So the next thing we're going to be talking about is the heart types. So heart types are driven by their emotions and their desire to connect with other people. Heart types are driven by a strong sense of empathy and their sense of what people are experiencing for both themselves and for others. For heart types, their core emotion is sadness, but I think it's sadness because you have a sense, you know, you get like a sense of like disconnection in your life. So the numbers that heart types are recognized by are numbers two, number three, and number four. I was actually categorized the three at a very close four. I'm talking like maybe a percentage different between these two. But the threes are defined by their desire to achieve and they want to advance the world and will sacrifice almost anything for success, vigorously pursuing tasks and becoming utterly, utterly absorbed in the pursuit of attainment. But they will only choose a task in the first place if it promises rewards and brings prestige. So threes are the standout people. We have to stand out. And they have a burning need to be admired and see life as a game where winning is emphasized. So I think being a three does fit my pers- my like personality perfectly because I've I have always had that need for competition. I've always need I've always had that need to I gotta you know I gotta win in everything that I do. And so I've had to like learn how to compete with myself, but in a healthy way. So the hard types who are categorized as a number two want to be liked and find ways that they can be of service to others so that they can belong. And those who are categorized as a four are defined by their belief that they are different from other people and by their feelings of envy for what others have. Fours have a sense of something that is missing from their lives and they worry that they will never have happiness that other people experience at their, at really at their core fours passionately long for a type of deep connection that will make them feel whole and accepted. As I said, I am a very close four. And so having that empty feeling isn't necessarily a bad thing. I have discovered that I get that empty, empty feeling whenever I, start competing with myself too much or at a, at or too hard really so the body types the head types and the heart types are the three main pieces to this personality test there's still a lot of information to cover but if i was to cover every single piece of results then we'd be here for like 2 hours and but it does consist of things like your strengths your weaknesses uh, as well as things like your core beliefs your desires your traits and it actually does take you into like your childhood origin of why you came out to be who you are today, which is that was actually really fascinating to read about. And I was just kind of able to, you know, think, think back to whenever I was a kid and, you know, why I did things the way I did and how I had more of like a controlled environment to express my anger, my anger. And, you know, that now, now I don't act out as to where if people don't have that controlled environment, it does Go, go into their adulthood to where that's why you see people act out the way that they do. And so that was kind of cool to make those those correlations between childhood and now. So I, re- I really recommend you going and taking this, this personality test. So that way you can go back and kind of read and, you know, adjust yourself, that kind of thing. But within the results, they talked about two more fascinating things, wings and arrows. 
So the wings help us understand who we are, but they can also help us see new behaviors that we might experiment with in order to grow and develop ourselves. The arrows represent development. And whenever I read the word arrow, I immediately pictured an arrow shooting through the air. And what I interpreted that as is like positive development, you know, because the arrow is going up. So with wings, there are two wings presented, a number seven and a number nine. My dominant wing was a number seven. So remember, seven, sevens are spontaneous and versatile who kind of maintain a sense of playfulness and optimism in everything that they do. So at their core, sevens fear of missing out on worthwhile experiences and want the freedom to seek out adventures in order to remain joyful and to remain satisfied. So for me to be categorized as an eight and to develop a seven wing means that I kind of turn my desires to be in charge into something more cheerful by using my like practical doing skills to rally support for, you know, bigger dreams and plans. So here's the cool thing though. Eights with the seven wing are one of the most like entrepreneurial types of personality. They use their skills to create opportunities for themselves and others. So with arrows, there are two arrows represented here, number two and a number five. My dominant arrow was a number five. So having the number five arrow represents a mode that eights can move towards as they seek to grow in new ways of being. So for eights who have developed like their own characteristics into a healthy mode of being, discovering and adopting more of a healthy behaviors like a five can open up their growth even further. So this means discovering the deep sense of non-attachment is so natural to fives in a sense of stepping back and objectively analyzing a situation instead of always rushing into action, which is, you know, it's actually so hard to understand this as an eight because a lot of things I like, you know, let's talk about ideas. I have an idea and I just immediately rush into action. of like, okay, this is what, this is what I know how to do. And these are the steps I'm going to take. But I always skip over the step of, you know, taking a step back and analyzing the situation instead of just rushing. So it's kind of cool that that's my arrow that I just need to learn how to use it properly. So whenever I got to the wings and arrows parts, it started to blow my mind whenever we started like mixing the number types together. And it's like my whole life flashed before my eyes. And I was like, okay, I get who I am now and why I did that the way I did it. It makes so much sense to me now of why in like high school or even in college classes, I found it so difficult to connect with the people around me just because I'm not going to say like I was better than them or they were better than me, but it's just, I just could not connect with my age group. So connecting with people has actually become easier since I became an entrepreneur and this test really kind of explained everything. So for like the third time, I encourage you to take an Enneagram personality test. The last piece that I do want to talk about is like the workflow of being a challenger. So a number eight, I learned that being a challenger, we exist in an all or nothing world. I do everything to the best of my ability and I am extremely dedicated to reach the top, leave a legacy and make an impact on the people around me. So being a challenger, we often work way too hard and too aggressively. So really eights are, you know, the masters of getting stuff done. Let's go. But most importantly, eights need the freedom to take charge so that I can perform at an extremely high level. So I operate well in competitive environments where people are encouraged to meet challenges and take risk with big potential payoff, which is 
this is why I find myself, you know, challenging myself and competing with myself. However, I do work less effectively in a collaborative environment where cooperation and dependency are essential. That's why I hated group assignments in college. It's just the people, they did not understand the ideas of what we needed to do. Like it's basic information, people like just do this and we'll get it done. But you know, no one, everyone always had to complicate it. And that's what annoyed me so much. And I'm sure a lot of us can relate to that. Taking the Enneagram personality test has helped me fully understand like my emotional personality side of me. And with knowing more about who I am, I now have more to offer myself, but also have a lot more to offer others. So with that being said, I have created a YouTube channel that I will be uploading weekly videos on Tuesdays and on Fridays. The videos on Tuesdays will cover different topics within the entertainment space, like how you should create a brand using podcasting as your main marketing tool or videos like how to become an influencer with the type of entertainment that you're doing, that kind of thing. And the videos on Friday will just be the weekly podcast episode. I will be putting the link to the YouTube channel in the description down below. So make sure you go and hit that subscribe button. I would very much appreciate it. As always, my DMs are open on Instagram for you to send me feedback or ask me a question about an episode that you listen to. A lot of you have been utilizing that option and that makes me happy to see whenever I do get messages from my listeners, my audience asking me, hey, what did you mean by this? Or hey, Adam, what did you mean by that? It's by far the coolest thing that I have done in this space so far. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Entertaining with Influence podcast. This podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Be sure to leave a five-star rating and a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. I appreciate you taking the time to listen and to grow as a person. I am your host, Adam. I will see you next Friday on the sixth episode of The Entertaining with Influence. Stay trepid.